0: 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there.
1: Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. Whether seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello
0: and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on the last episode, Mistakes Startups Make, and Simple Profit Accelerators Informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. And if there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com for the next few weeks the format is a little bit different as i recorded 10 podcasts in one day i will be combining the recordings together for five episodes from that day because the amount of time for each was less than usual i didn't read their bios during the recording so let me give a little bit of information about my first guest now after almost four decades in business and working globally with coaches consultants and other service-based experts Diana Lidstone has gathered rock-solid wisdom and advice that has helped thousands of entrepreneurs and professionals accelerate growth and explode profits. Her work embodies work less, earn more. As the creator of the Grow Meter and the Grow Equation Calculator, and as best-selling author of Shift Into Rich, navigate the nine roadblocks to small business success Diana's signature, The Grow Equation, transforms frazzled, overworked business owners into profitable, overjoyed CEOs. Her new podcast, The Grow Equation Business Podcast, contains tips, strategies, and interviews to help you grow your profits, your free time, and your joy. Diana and her husband love boating in the Thousand Islands, Canada. She's often found walking her dog and drinking champagne, not at the same time. Now to my recording with Diana. So Diana, welcome to today's show. Well, I'm so glad to be here, Candy. And I'm excited to have you here. I know this is going to be an interesting topic for our listeners. Um, but before I get into any prepared questions that I have for you, I would love for you to just tell a little bit about yourself and how you even began working with entrepreneurs to help them become an authority in their field.
2: Well, um, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been a business owner for a long time. but you know, at my core, I've always been a teacher. Mm. I used to teach horseback riding, I used to teach uh, all kinds of different things. And after I had my first one of my first businesses was a retail store. And during that time, I saw a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners get into business, and either find themselves in debt, Mm. find themselves uh, running out of money, and find themselves uh, burning out. And I went, this shouldn't be happening, right? It really shouldn't be happening. And so after I sold my retail store, it was a good friend of mine and who became my coach said, you know, Diana, you should really teach people how to build profitable businesses. Not at that time. So this is back in 2013. I went, mm. hey, somebody's gonna pay me for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Um, and that's how I started coaching.
0: Fabulous. Well, I know from information, I saw that you have something you call a grow equation. So
2: I would love for you to just explain what that is. Sure. So if you think back to um, what I just said about entrepreneurs burning themselves out. Mm -hmm. Most of us did not get into business for that. Right?
0: Right. We were we wanted freedom.
2: (laughs) We wanted freedom. We (laughs) wanted this whole thing. And you can see it behind me. It says work less, earn more. Mm -hmm. So the grow equation is actually an acronym. So if we take the word grow, the G stands for Get Known. This is about mm. getting out there, building a reputation as the undeniable authority in your field. Mm. So how do you okay. stand out from your competition, right? That's really mm-hmm. what The R in the Grow is about ramping up your profits. Now, mm-hmm. you come from a bookkeeping and number, right. right? So it's all about Ah, uh, ramping up your profits. Are you priced for profit? Mm-hmm. Uh, are do you have enough capacity to handle the program, product, or service that you have at the price that you have? And what metrics should you be tracking? Mm-hmm. So that yeah, I, that kind of resonates with you a little bit.
0: Yeah. So we we've,
2: we've got the R. Then we've got the O, which is about optimizing. Your resources. So, mm. what are your resources? You are a resource. Mm-hmm. How are you optimizing yourself? How are you optimizing your team, your systems, so that you can get the freedom that you truly want? Mm-hmm. So, if we take G plus R plus O equals W, which is work less, mm. more, <laughs> or you could say it stands for building a well oiled business machine Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's great information
0: for people too because i see that too working with people and trying to help others get more profitable as well and where are the money leaks and what can you be doing to make things more efficient and all of that so everything that you're saying is right along with what i want to be encouraging the business owners that i work with you know to do as well for
2: sure for sure yeah
0: So how does someone become that undeniable authority? Like, what would you tell them to do if, you know, someone's got a business and they know they have a great, you know, concept that they want to share, how can they actually be seen as that
2: authority? Well, I think, you know, for a lot of people, when they start into business, first of all, they're an expert at something, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't consider the other side of the coin. So if we think of our business as a coin, Mm -hmm. There one side is that expertise that you have. So your expertise, can I say is bookkeeping? (laughs) The other side of the coin is the business of business. Mm -hmm. And marketing is a huge part of that. So how do you stand out from the competition? And I'll give you share a little story. I went to an online networking not long ago. I think there were 30 people in attendance. there were nine count this nine mortgage brokers oh wow (laughs) they all said exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. hi my name is blank i work for blank i've been in the industry blank contact me at blank Mm -hmm. and i went not one of them sounded interesting or sounded that i might want to reach out to them so Mm -hmm. the first thing i usually say there's to get known, I'll, I'll, you know, real simple, because we have like 10 minutes left. I'll <laughs> talk about the three S's. The okay, first S is you need to specialize.
0: Mm.
2: You need to specialize. And I know for entrepreneurs and business owners, it's really, you know, narrowing down your niche. That's our whole, uh, what can we say? It takes them outside of their comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so, you know, I specialize, for instance, I'm not just a business coach. Well, I am, but it's a very competitive field. So how do I specialize? I specialize in working with uh, people who I call their expert consultants. Mm So people who have business services like lawyers, um, they might be bookkeepers, they might be uh, HR consultants, financial advisors. That's what I specialize in. Okay. So that's the first S. The second S is you need some sort of strategy. Mm -hmm. You can't build a successful, well, no, I shouldn't use the word can't. My mother always said there was no such word as can't. It's really difficult to build a very successful business if you don't have a strategy, a plan, a roadmap. Mm -hmm. So that's the second S. And the third S is what I say is simplify. Mm -hmm. As entrepreneurs, we're really crazy creative people, we love creating new things. How many entrepreneurs or business owners have you worked with that have multiple offers, programs, product or okay. services? Mm-hmm. right? It's really hard to scale those. Because like each one becomes, well, let's say you've got three different products, or a service three different services that you want to sell. Well, each one of those takes you've got to build it, Mm -hmm. you've got to launch it, you've got to market it, you've got to sell it, you've got to follow up to it. But what if you just had one and you took that one program, product or service and you really, every time you did it, you tweaked it, you made it better. You monitored the metrics of how well you did. That's how people build really successful and scalable businesses.
0: Well, someone might be hearing that and saying, but I've heard you should have multiple streams of income, you know, or if I just narrow my scope to a very specific industry, I'm missing out on all of these other people, you know, and they don't necessarily understand why you should really be specific and why you should have that one. So what would you say to someone who's like, but I've heard other things
2: you know? Sure, there are lots of things. So in terms of streams of income, that is true. It's lovely to have multiple streams of income, right? We'd all love that. I think it's Confucius said, it's almost impossible for a fox to chase two rabbits and be Mm -hmm. successful. (laughs) You can't do two things at once. Mm -hmm. So you're just starting out why not make one excellent, right? then move on to the second. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's always my recommendation. Uh, The second part of your question was about niching down and afraid to um, leave out people. Mm -hmm. And it's true, you will. But again, it just makes life so much easier. Let's say you're marketing. And let's say I want to market, I don't know, I'll say to bookkeepers, Right, right. Well, bookkeepers. Let me just think for a minute. There are different kinds of bookkeepers. Now, if I'm marketing to bookkeepers, but there are those that use QuickBooks, and there are those that use something else. I can't think of one right off the top of my <laughs> head, but different softwares, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's easier to market to QuickBooks. bookkeepers
1: mm-hmm.
2: Because they go, huh, that's me. You're talking directly to me. I'll give you another example. So I worked recently, I'm working with a lawyer. She was a generalist lawyer in a small uh, city here in Ontario. And um, she had that same concern, but her true passion was for real estate investing. She even has Mm -hmm. her own side business. So when she started talking about real estate investing, she got so excited and so passionate that people were immediately drawn to her. So mm-hmm. I said, hmm, how many real estate investors do you think are in all of Ontario? And it made her marketing easy because all she needed to do was go out there and speak at one of their associations, create strategic right. alliances, no social media, no fancy funnels, and her business is skyrocketed.
0: So if someone's hearing this and they're like, "Okay, great, I understand. And I do need to simplify things because I've got too much going on. What is one thing that would help them do that
2: in their business? One thing that would help them do that? Think about what is one problem that you would like to solve for that person? Mm -hmm. What is that one problem? And I know we can all solve so many things. But we want to magnetize people Mm -hmm. into our world. And we're going to magnetize them into our world by speaking directly to them about one problem that we are the expert at solving.
0: Well, and as we've all heard, though, too, if you're talking to one person and one problem, it doesn't mean that someone in a different area or with a different problem that you can solve isn't going to come to you. It's just that when you're talking about that marketing, you know, or that product, you're really focused. And then, you know, that would be, it would make it a little bit easier than to deal with all of the things that you could be doing.
2: And I think the thing is that people think that just because I'm, here's the thing, what you say in your marketing and who you actually serve, they could be different. You Mm -hmm. get to choose who you serve. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get a client. And they're your ideal client, but they refer you to their Uncle Sam, who has in a different kind of business, you get to choose whether you want that person.
0: So if someone is saying, Okay, I do want to be, you know, an authority, I'm going to pick my one thing, I'm going to market that one thing right now, then what should they be doing in terms of the marketing and advertising that maybe doesn't cost a whole lot, you know, to help them get the word out.
2: Yeah, so I talk about seven elements of a get known marketing plan. And I'm just going to run through them kind of quickly. Okay, (laughs) so first is what I call distinctive positioning, you have to stand out in the marketplace. And this includes your messaging, it includes you what it makes you special, what makes you different. Uh, And uh, so distinctive positioning is number one, and they have to start there. Number two is building a trusted brand. So what are your mission, your vision, your values? And how do you uh, show that in your branding? Branding is not just your your logo. The third is a client attracting website. Most people have a website. But does it actually attract clients? And does it have a lead magnet that catches the traffic that comes in? Right? Mm -hmm. Um, The fourth is effective SEO search engine optimization. I am not a search engine specialist. But I do know that if you know your keywords and use your keywords in number five, email, Mm -hmm. blogging, it's going to make a huge difference as to how people find you. So Mm -hmm. email still is the number one best marketing tool. It interesting, an ROI of something like 4200%, whereas social media is something like 24%. So email marketing is the way to go. That's number five. Number six is increasing your visibility. And, you know, Pottapalooza is a great place to be seen. Mm -hmm. You have to get there and be seen you can't be the best kept secret and stay hidden behind your computer. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I talk about um, on my own podcast, I've interviewed some people who have content personality quizzes or video uh, personality quizzes. And it helps people distinguish what is the best way for them to get out there and be seen. Mm -hmm. And number seven is I say, amplify your authority. Uh, Maybe it's through a book, maybe it's through a podcast, uh, maybe it's public appearances, but it's taking that get known to the next level. Mm -hmm. So those are the seven elements. And there were no fancy funnels, complicated technology or paid social media ads ever discussed Mm -hmm. there.
0: Well, I know we're running short on time, uh, so I would love for you to share an offer that you have and then let the listeners know how they can connect with you.
2: Right. So they can find me at my name, DianaLidstone.com. On that website is uh, my blog. There's also uh, my podcast called The Grow Equation Business Podcast. And I do have a little free gift Uh, They can either go to my website and it is a pop up. It's five proven client getting secrets or you can go to dianalidstone.com backslash five proven client getting secrets.
0: Perfect. And any like phone number, email or any social media besides your website that they can
2: connect with you. Yeah, they can email Diana at dianalidstone.com and you can find me on Facebook. I use my personal profile as uh, where I talk about uh, what I'm up to doing Facebook lives, my Monday morning question, all different kinds of things.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and sharing tips and information with entrepreneurs. I know they're going to find it very helpful.
2: Well, thank you, Candy. It's been fun. I can't wait to uh, (laughs) listen to more of your podcasts.
0: Sounds good. Well, I look forward to potentially being a guest on yours too. I love great. it. I love <laughs> it. We'll Sounds talk later. Perfect. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Now let's learn a little bit about my next guest. With an excess of 30 years of professional involvement in the healthcare field, Barbara Hales is a uniquely qualified writer for the medical and health market. She serves as CEO of the Right Treatment LLC and the medical strategist. Her services include editorials and case studies, newsletters, white papers, web content, and patient guides to name a few. Barbara maintains a focus on health and wellness with web and content marketing to showcase quality services and products. Dr. Hales is a best-selling author and was inducted into the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors after releasing her books, Content Copy Made Easy and Power to the Patient, The Medical Strategist. She has a number of media appearances, including guest spots on The Brian Tracy Show and Health and Wellness Today. She's appeared on ABC, NBC, CBS, and FOX affiliates across the country. Additionally, Dr. Hills was featured in Newsweek magazine as one of America's premier experts champions. Barbara holds an MD degree from the Rosalind Franklin University Medical School of Chicago, has been nominated to Cambridge's Who's Who in 2009 and elected as the 2010 Professional of the Year, representing the medical copywriting industry. When not actively working, Barbara enjoys tennis, golfing, photography, and scuba diving. Now to my interview with Barbara. So Barbara, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Well, I am looking forward to our conversation, but before I get into questions that I have prepared for you, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you even get into doing what you're doing today?
1: I started my professional life as a a private practitioner in obstetrics and gynecology. Hmm. I wanted to have my own office so that I could really be engaged with my patients instead of just a hospitalist where you were in and out and and patients saw most of the time the top of your head while you were just putting information into the computer. Uh So I wanted to know them on a personal level. I found a place that I didn't buy into a practice or uh, I didn't, join a practice. This was going to be my my own. Mm -hmm. I found a location that I thought would be ideal. It was the the space was a storefront that was a sold out candy store. Mm. I designed it uh, and put in there everything that I thought would make for an effective physician's office, hired staff, Now I was ready to open the doors. And so my nurse and I sat there and waited Mm -hmm. and waited and waited. And at the end of the day, only one person had come in. That person wanted to know what happened to the candy store. So it didn't take long for me to realize that I would not survive unless I marketed myself. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how good a doctor I was, no one was going to come if they didn't know I was there and that I existed. So I took my practice from no patients at all to 10,000 active patients by the time that I had retired. I had a lot of marketing in my practice. Some things didn't work, some things did, but over the, well, a lot of things did, but over the course of time, I discovered you know what it was that would be effective for a doctor's office. And now that I don't see patients, I want to be able to, help other doctors so that they don't um, falter and have the same, you know, questionable outlook in the beginning that I did.
0: Right, well, and I do have doctors as clients as well. And I have told people, you know, that have come to me who feel like, well, I don't know about, you know, the numbers. Well, it's the same, whether it's marketing, if it's the numbers, you go to school, to learn your area of expertise, but they usually don't teach you all these other things that you need to know to be successful in business, right? So I would love for you to share some things that you've learned that would help doctors be seen and how to market and how can they really grow their practice?
1: Well, you are so right, Candy. I mean, we learn so much in medical school, but one thing that they do not teach is that Business of medicine and how to mm-hmm. conduct our practices. So, this is so important. And I go around asking doctors, So, um, do you market yourself? And if so, how do you market yourself? Which seems like, um, you know, a non threatening question, an easy mm-hmm. one, right? At which time I get a nervous laugh in response. And they say, Well, uh, actually, I don't. I don't know Mm -hmm. how, or I don't have the time, or is it even ethical? Mm -hmm. But what I tell, you know, these physicians is that, well, marketing is simply telling people where you're located and what services you provide. Can you imagine saying, well, these are the services that I provide, but you'll have to guess where I'm located, Mm -hmm. or this is where I'm located, but guess what I do? Sounds sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, not marketing is also ridiculous because you need to do that for survival. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So what about doctors that are part of like a bigger practice or, you know, maybe it's even associated with the hospital or something and it's not like a standalone? Can they still effectively market themselves or is it more supposed to be the office they're associated with like how do you manage that
1: well if it is in a large concern like Kaiser Permanente for instance or if it is a hospital and you know you're a hospitalist you don't really have to market yourself because mm-hmm. you don't really have uh, any autonomy it's mm-hmm. whatever they say goes and people are attracted to you as a physician solely on the basis of they're attracted to the hospital and you're the one that's providing the service but right. you could be anybody there it's it's not that they're coming to you specifically it's that they're coming you know like more for mm-hmm. the practice or the hospital itself
0: mm-hmm. Right. So, so basically
1: we're talking about, you know, a private practice. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that an alarming statistic is that in 10 years time there might not be any private practice which mm-hmm. means that people who want more personalized service may lose out on on that option. Right. You know more than 63% of doctors now are just working for hospitals. and the statistics show that more and more doctors are just selling their practice to hospitals and and walking away every right. day. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've heard you know different reasons for that. you know, high cost of insurance and, and things just make it really hard for individual doctors to maintain an office any longer. But it is as you know, a consumer, too, it's hard to see that go because then you have less and less choice. So hopefully we can help those doctors be able to stay in business. Right. So we have those choices. So so what would you tell you know, somebody then that is saying like, OK, yes, I am a doctor. I know I need to focus on getting the word out there, but I spend my working hours seeing patients and I don't really have a lot of time.
1: Well, if that is the case then um, I use my absolute favorite word that encompasses that problem. Uh, And that word is outsource. Mm -hmm. If you know that you need it and you can't do it because you don't have the wherewithal or you don't have the time, that doesn't mean that you don't have to have it or that you can't get it. It just Mm -hmm. means that you don't have to be the one that's actually putting that information out. It can be done by someone who you respect, that understands you, that understands your tone of voice, that understands what you do, and then, you know, puts it out for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And then what would you say to the doctors or the nurses or whoever, you know, is listening to this and saying, okay, now I know that I need to be marketing, um, but I
1: don't know where to market. Well, that's an interesting thing. But like I said, the marketing really comes in in a much simpler way than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, if you just say you have to market yourself, end of story, that could be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But when a, a patient comes to the front desk, you're already marketing because you are giving that person information. Hopefully you are engaging in a uh, in, a, in such a way that you are comforting to that person. When mm-hmm. that person comes back to check out at the end, a good way is to say, listen, like if you were very happy with your services, I would love for you to go online and give the doctor like five stars and, and a review. And you could have a card with a QR code that goes exactly to the rating site that you would mm-hmm. like them to go on so that you're not leaving it to chance for the person to think about it after. And the best time to ask is right then and there after the services so that, right. you know, you know, if somebody says maybe later, later never comes. Right. And if you just give the sites that they could go on without actually leading them to it mm-hmm. again, it's probably not going to happen.
0: Right. And even if the patient has the best intentions, because we all get busy and we forget things and yes, we're going to say we're going to do it and then things come up and and then, you you know, yeah, you forget. So exactly. So So
1: if you had a card with a QR code or even like a piece of paper that was like taped to the wall next to the window saying, like, Mm -hmm. if you were happy, just take out your phone and scan this code. It'll take you to the review site and please give us like five stars and say, you know, like you were happy.
0: Right, exactly. I was say, so, what types of materials or, you know, things should they have uh, to help get the word out? Like, should they still, you know, have the actual business card still, you know, or should it be a digital card? Should they have brochures? Should they have, you know, different marketing pieces? Like, what would you recommend? that they could use besides going on social media and things like that too, to kind of help spread the word about them?
1: Well, one thing that, you know, I mean, cards really are kind of passe or Mm -hmm. they have cards and it winds up lost or in the garbage can, but there is one type of card that never gets thrown out and that is a book. Mm. If you write a book, and you have it for free in the office to patients, they will not throw that out because Mm -hmm. a book is still considered a value. Mm -hmm. If a patient is comparing one doctor to the other, they're gonna go to the one that wrote the book because Mm -hmm. they are an authority in that field, or that's that's the perception of it. When Mm -hmm. they're through with that book, they share the book, with friends and family so that they are in essence your ambassadors as well Mm -hmm. so what
0: other tip might you have to share with those in the medical arena to really just help them understand like what they should do maybe steps that they should follow just to really start getting out there
1: I think that videos are a great marketing source. And there are so many things in a doctor's office that are rich material for videos. Mm -hmm. You could have a video showing a procedure that you do without showing the actual patient, of course. Uh, You can have a video on who is a good candidate for procedure the benefits that one would expect to receive by having the procedure, mm. who would not be a good candidate for it, mm-hmm. what you would expect to experience during the procedure, how long would it take to recover? These are all rich sources of, of videos. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, having a video or even just a um, information on their website that says, okay, when you first, or you know, but a video would be better. When you first come to the office, you are going to meet Sally, the front desk person, and she's going to greet you and you're going to be giving her your ID cards or whatever. And then I'd like to introduce you to another member of our staff. You know, like (laughs) here's Vince and he's our billing person. And he might, you know, call you, about your billing and if you introduce everyone from the office or when you come in after the front desk you're going to be coming through this hall, and these are what the exam rooms look like so when a prospective patient comes in that's never been there before they already feel that they are familiar with you and your staff and it cuts down on the nervousness
0: Mm -hmm. right So would you recommend like a certain amount of time for those videos? Is it better to just have a couple minutes max or if it's more in depth about like a procedure, it's okay to be longer. Cause we've heard sometimes too, that the attention span is kind of short, right? And so sometimes shorter videos are better, but what do you think in terms of for a doctor, what would be a good amount of time maybe for a video?
1: depending upon what they're talking about, I I would say like three to eight minutes Mm. beyond eight, beyond eight minutes, you're going to start to see glassy eyes.
0: Right, right. Okay, perfect.
1: Well, I do know we are coming
0: short on time just because of the format that we have today. It's a little bit shorter than typical. But so I want to give you the opportunity to share an offer that you would have for our listeners.
1: Well, I would like to offer a 30-minute free consultation to your uh, doctors and other health professionals to hear their needs and to discuss uh, setting up a strategy plan for them. Mm -hmm. They could go into my calendar and uh, I will leave you that uh, connection link uh, so that they can get it in your show notes. Perfect.
0: And how else can they find you if they want to connect with you, whether it's social media or your website?
1: My website is the medical strategist.com. And they could go into that forward slash contact and ask me anything they'd like.
0: Mm, Nice. Well, I do appreciate you being a guest on the show and sharing your expertise. And I'm sure those in the medical arena really appreciate the tips that you are sharing. So thank you so much. And thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found these topics interesting and that they answered some questions about get known as the undeniable authority in your field and steps you can take to build your visibility. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Diana or Barbara at any of the links they shared, or you could send us a message at media at And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, creating a profitable and sustainable coaching business and histories of America's multi-generation family businesses. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website is abandp.com. You can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
1: thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.